0: One year I kind of got an idea, you know, I want to start trapping. I like to trap,
1: I like to make lure, and I like to write where can it go from here. They would be able to spend more time in the woods.
0: I was losing money handling fish trapping, but I didn't care.
1: Getting the traps out there is the hardest part, I think, with them. I would leave the critters in the back of my truck in the high school parking lot. We're going to set traps, like, no matter what. Some of these guys have trapped these areas for generations. we
0: the got two deferred, all. This is Northern Michigan, this is what you do. Represent, the record in a positive light. I'm going to ask you guys a question. Do you know everything? This will to be fun.
1: Trying to learn something from these legends. Ask questions without asking questions.
0: Volume of Perfection Game Magazine. Instructional to Go on per Perlenin's articles. The Perlenin ads. Tool for Trapping radios. We are trappers on ourselves. To me, that's pretty important. Alright, everybody, listen a bit. The system, to me. Develop a system yet? Cause working ahead of time to build big trapping.
1: If you got variables to the same, you you got bobcat.
0: He started talking
1: about these big fans. Most of my tunes are coming from up top, not down bottom. Probably the
0: best part of the country in the world. I don't get any better. Trying to set predator trash and trash waiters. The back of that beaver looks like it's here. You better edit this part out. Yeah, we better. Back in the fur shed, this is the Trapping Today Podcast. I am your host, Jeremiah Wood. Thanks for tuning in. Great to have you here. The podcast is brought to you by Cotts Brothers Lures. K-A-A-T-Z-P-R-O-S dot com. Trap smarter, work harder, enjoy the success that follows. Cosmos has a full line of trapping supplies, books, lures, baits, DVDs, everything you need to get started on the trap line. Great guys, great service, great products, great prices. Also brought to you by OnX Maps. Turn your phone into a fully functioning GPS. You can use this thing out on the trap line. You can use it fishing, hunting, wherever you go use on x i put in some cattle fences uh the last couple weeks i was using on x figure out where i was going looking at aerial photos uh take measurements there's a bunch of tools on there where where uh, you can do line distance measurements you can do all area you can calculate the acreage of a certain area you got landowner information you got the aerial images i mean this thing is just an incredible resource for 30 bucks a year you get that app on your phone and you have full access to all of that stuff um, you can mark locations you can track your your movements everything um, on xmaps.com enter the promo code trap there's a few of you guys who have done this and i appreciate you using that code it helps me out because it helps uh, onyx uh, you know it, it gives them uh, a little bit of feedback from people that are hearing about them from the show um... and you get twenty percent off of your your first purchase uh, if you enter that promo code trap at OnxMaps.com. so thanks very much um, and also uh, just a reminder stay tuned till the end of the show for a special message this week's uh... product of the week from kotz brothers it's a really good discount you're gonna get and you're gonna have till uh... the first of june to take advantage of this so you want to stay tuned for that um, great episode tonight. I got Nathan from Minnesota again. Um, we talked a lot. I had to break this up into several uh, episodes, but uh, I know a lot of you guys have enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. It's great to hear from people from from you know people who uh, are just getting started trapping all the way to the old pros. Actually, last night I I went over and I interviewed a guy that that I've been wanting to interview for a very long time um he's a the beaver trapper guy that comes up here uh to northern maine and and traps hundreds of beavers every spring and uh what a great guy to to talk to and finally get a chance to sit down with him and and uh, we talked for for a few hours uh just so happened charlie tucker the mountain man uh, was was there as well visiting and so uh he he stayed with us and and he uh uh, he was in the podcast. He was in the interview as well. So we had kind of a, a three-person deal where we just chatted. We talked main trapping for a long time. Um, it's going to take me a while to edit a bunch of stuff out. Um, so I'm going to have to – It was uh, there's a lot of stuff, a lot of different topics, um, it, maybe some information that I, I do want to edit out of, of the uh of the the recordings and a bunch of other stuff, uh, but there's some real gems in there. There's some great stuff. Uh, I think you guys are really gonna enjoy just a few trappers uh, sitting down and talking shop. Um, just like uh, what I did with Nathan, um, it, it was really great uh, to have the opportunity to do that, and then f- for you guys to be able to sit in and, and listen in to us. So so uh, great stuff uh, coming up. Uh, I'm running around like crazy right now. Um, it, trying to get fences up and, and water and electricity on the fence and, and uh, get a bunch of animals coming here. We'll probably have uh, somewhere around 85 beating hearts eating grass here on the farm in a couple of days. So uh crazy time of year. It always seems to be crazy anyway. So uh, this is good. This is good stuff. And uh, making progress moving forward, that's always good. Um, and it's, uh, it's also very difficult to sit down and do this, uh, in, uh, after dark, uh, after a long day working for, for 12 or 14 hours, but, uh, you guys are good motivation. I, I enjoy getting feedback and I love having, uh, just, just knowing that there's a bunch of people that are sitting and listening to this, uh, maybe listening while they're driving down the road or, or at work or, or doing whatever, um it's uh, it's a good motivator to, to get my butt in this chair and get it done. So with that, we'll get into the interview with Nathan and stay tuned for the special message from Cots Bros at the end of the show.
1: So that, I think that that's the most interesting part about trapping is we have so much information on these animals. I mean, we are, we are not to sound cliche, but we are the stewards of the land you know, as trappers, we are a managing factor and we are the, you know, I, I believe that hunting and fishing and like anything outdoors, we are conservationists, but trapping is a whole nother thing. It's a whole nother animal Yeah, where we are, you know, for uh, up here, uh, 10 years ago, there was zero turkeys in Northern Minnesota, zero there. All they had was grouse. And, um, I'm a big turkey hunter. I'm from Southeastern Minnesota. We've always, my whole life, we've had a ton of turkeys. They're easy to hunt. They're a very interactive animal to hunt. And I love to shoot turkeys. And, um, I moved up here and I have a couple properties that I have been pulling raccoons possums and skunks off of and it's like as soon as you get that number of those egg eating animals down to a certain percent the turkeys know that and they move in and it was crazy because before november i had maybe five trail cam pictures of turkeys and then after i got done with my little dog proof and dirt hole set where I, I mean, I trapped that my properties hard yeah. and I caught a ton of raccoons, a ton of possums and a ton of skunks. And, um, it was literally like a, a night and day switch. Like I pulled all my traps and then all of a sudden the trail cam pictures, I was getting more trail cam pictures of turkeys than I was deer. <laughs> And I was just like, this is perfect. Like, I'm helping, you know, you're helping the population of those animals. And it's just, it's a special, it's a special thing, if you think about it, to know that we are helping with um, the survival rate of a lot of animals. And even with, you know, I'm not, obviously as a trapper I want there to be a trappable number of these fur bears mm-hmm. for my whole life I don't want to go in and clear out every single raccoon within a hundred miles of a I you know obviously yeah if I could catch a thousand coons in a season shoot that'd be awesome but I don't want to clear all of them out. If you don't have any predators, your populations of prey are going to go through the roof. Right.
0: Yeah. It's all about and, balance.
1: Right. And you know, one guy is not gonna is not gonna knock that off balance. You know, one one. I mean, I guess maybe some of these Western guys are catching God knows how many coyotes and foxes. Fortunately, um, a lot
0: of fur bear. Uh, species can withstand a high level of pressure uh, coyotes, right. coyotes in particular uh you know like muskrats come to mind uh, beaver can be over trapped but i don't think it's been a problem since at least the 1940s and 50s
1: right when you had how many you know thousands and thousands of trappers you can make a
0: month's salary when you by catching one beaver right
1: yeah <laughs> and uh so that's i think that that's kind of the I'm trying to think of the word the stigma behind trapping is I think that there's a lot of people that think that as trappers all we want to do is catch you know every single fur bear out there and we want to catch all of them yeah where that's not the case if if I'm going to trap like on the Mississippi River If I'm going to trap beavers on the Mississippi and I know that there's, you know, it's a big lodge and I catch three or four off of that lodge, um, I'm going to pull out of that because I know that there's probably one or two left and I want them to have kits next year and then the you know it's a sustainable resource
0: yeah it's different from the farm pond that the the farmer really wants you to get rid of all the
1: beavers because he's having problems and, um, and they're flooding his fields yeah. and stuff like that and you the, know it, the it's other a,
0: thing we don't talk a lot about sorry to interrupt you but uh the giving by not controlling populations oftentimes we give these fur bears a bad name um all of a sudden beaver is a swear word and a lot of those farmers <clears> because right. they're causing so many problems. But if you can keep their numbers in check, maybe the landowners have a little better attitude towards beaver.
1: Right. And I think that a lot of it is misinformation. You know, you if you sit down to the farmer and you tell him, you know, uh, I there's, there's a farmer up here that I have in mind that um, he had a little creek that ran through his property and the beavers came in and dammed it up flooded one of his fields made their lodge right in the middle of the field there was nothing that he could do and in minnesota we can't destroy a beaver dam legally so like you know you have the um the crossover sets where you or the broken dam set where you kick a hole in the dam Mm -hmm. and then put a trap in front of it we can't do that okay So it's like basically a farmer that unless he calls the DNR and has them do something or gets a permit to do it himself, they can't do anything with that dam that flooded his whole cornfield. Yeah. And so I told him, I was like, I'm going to go in there. I'm going to trap as many of these beavers as I can. But with how big that area is, I don't know if I'm going to get all of them. So, you, you know, I'll trap them this year, and then next year, I'll come back, and, like, in the spring, I'll set some caster mounds, because that's when they're easiest to catch, and we'll just make sure that we get as many out as we can, and, um he was pretty appreciative, but he was like, isn't there a way that you can get all of them?
0: <laughs>
1: and I, and I was like, there's, there's no way for me to know if I catch all, you know, there, there's obviously, I, unless I, I, I set up trail cameras, but through the ice, how am I supposed to know if I'm getting all of them? You know, will put that baited pole down and see if they chew on it after I've caught seven of them out of there. And um,
0: Yeah, you can have a fairly decent idea that they probably got them all,
1: but you you will never know for sure. And then in the spring, those two-year-olds that are getting kicked out, guess what they're going to do? Yeah, they move right into that lodge, empty. Right. (laughs) So, I mean, it's a never-ending battle for a lot of these farmers, is we can't destroy the dam, so you're flooding a field, or you're washing out a road, and then what are we supposed to do you know we can't destroy the dam so you can't drain that water and um you can't you know you can't mess with the lodge because of the restrictions on that and so you're like a lot of these farmers are they're in a tough spot yeah where you know and obviously I am the first, I, I will be the first to say there are farmers up here that when they see a beaver dam, yeah, they take, they're just going to blow it up.
0: Yeah, take matters.
1: You know, man. Yeah. right. Because that's their livelihood. Hmm. And you don't, anybody who knows farmers, you don't mess with the farmer's livelihood.
0: Well, and a lot of beavers get shot. <laughs> yeah. Well. Oh my goodness. Um, the, the, the ones, uh, a couple get shot and the rest seem to smart up uh, pretty quick.
1: Yep, and they don't stick their head up. No. They know better. Um but yeah, I mean it's it's a battle with the beavers up here. And my it was pretty funny when I first ta- when I first told my girlfriend that I was gonna trap some beavers through the ice, she laughed and she was like, Oh, there's not that many beavers <laughs> And then this morning I come home with all the beavers that I have. And she's like, I told you there's not very many beavers. I'm like, how many do you think I'm supposed to catch? <laughs> now, you want me to catch a hunter today?
0: First question. Uh, how long does it take you to locate 24 active lodges?
1: Uh, it took me two hours on Google Maps. Nice. So, so they are
0: not abandoning their lodges quickly. Like, I, like here, a lot of times um, you'll find a lodge on Google earth. And if the photo is more than a year old, there's a, at least a 50, 50
1: chance it's abandoned up here. They don't, I have, I, I have only had one lodge that I put a baited snare pole on and I didn't at least have a little bit of chewing on it. And I, like, I'll leave my rule. I have a one week rule where if it's if it's not somewhere that I'm trying to trap all of them I will put have my snares in and I check them every day. In Minnesota it's 48 or 72 hour check. And I don't even under the I, ice, huh? Right. Wow. I don't have um I I don't know the exact number because I check mine every day. Yeah. And I do that because a I'm impatient. (laughs) I don't like to wait to see if I have one in there, if I can go and check it now. And, you know, in some cases, like with, um, like a mink trap, you want, you know, a mink is going to run a couple week loop. And so they'll come back to that same spot. And if there's mink sign somewhere, there are multiple minks. Like anybody who like if you see a couple tracks in the mud at a spot, there are more than one mink. It is not just one mink running that stream. It's always multiple, and so I think that um, like obviously mink prices are awful Mm. right now. But uh, I and I haven't trapped mink since I was in high school. But I mean I see all the time where. You know, I'll come up to a muskrat set, and my muskrats chewed in half after one day. That's what a, a mink will do. That mm-hmm. you know, a mink will come in and eat the muskrat that you trapped because a a mink is the meanest animal on earth, and b they they just need to eat. You know, they and if I mean. If I walked up on a deer during deer season that was caught in a fence and I hadn't filled my tag and it was the last day of the season, you think I'm just going to let that deer go? <laughs> you know, it's it's an opportunistic feeding animal. So if they find one in a trap, they're going to be like, hmm, well, it's already dead. This is easy. Let's eat it. And I, when I was younger, you know, when we were – not catching very many um you had a mink that was chewing through your muskrats all you wanted to do is catch that mink yeah where now if i have a mink that comes through and eats two of 20 muskrats that i catch in a day collateral damage you know it's not that big of a deal to me because a mink has to eat and the numbers of mink in minnesota are not I would say they're not the greatest. We catch, like, there's a lot of them here, but they're not like overpopulated. Yeah,
0: our main fish seem to be pretty low, uh, and we have a lot more otters than we used to, though. I think that- so do we.
1: Yeah, we have a ton more otters now. Um, I remember when I was younger, you if you caught an otter and it died, you had to forfeit it to the DNR. And like if you caught one in a yeah. three thirty, you had to forfeit it. Well now every year we get four free otter tags. So if we catch an otter and a beaver set, you get to keep it. Next year I'm going to target just otters for and catch my four and then I'll have my girlfriend put out her sets for her four otters. Cause they're, you know, they're I'm just gonna keep the otters and I'm Damn. gonna, yep, I'll probably yeah. tan them or I'll uh, I'll put them up and then I'll stretch or I'll stretch them and then I'll freeze them and then once the prices get a little better, that's when I'll sell them. But right now, the prices are so low on so many animals that a lot of it is, you know, you hear about guys that are like they only trap when the number or when the prices are high. And, in my opinion, it's kind of defeating the purpose of why we're trapping. I, I would agree with you. You know, like, obviously, everybody who traps wants to make money. You know, that's why we do it. You know, that, that, the we big st- question is,
0: if there was no money in it whatsoever, would you still trap?
1: Absolutely. I
0: would, too. I, I wouldn't trap as hard, but I would definitely still trap.
1: <laughs> right. and But, like... I mean, if you took uh, the, the, the limited amount of trappers that we have today, um, if you took and you cut that number, you know, if nobody trapped for five years, the numbers of fur bears would get so out of control that we would start to see new diseases and starvation would kick in. Uh, which obviously that still happens no matter how much you manage numbers. But um, you're going to have new diseases pop up where it's going to kill so many of those fur bears. And in my opinion, I think that a 22 bullet to the head after being in a trap for eight hours is a better death than starving to death for two weeks. You know. Yeah. And I would rather um and obviously, you know, I don't want I don't want any of these animals to suffer. I wish that every coyote that I caught was um, you know, high quality hundred and forty dollar North Dakota coyote.
0: You you probably but, get what do you think you get fifty, sixty this year? Yeah,
1: life? um I'm hoping for around sixty. Um if I get more than that, like that'll be, obviously I'll be super happy, yeah. but, um, I really, I love putting up coyotes and Fox. Like, that's probably my favorite thing. Um, when I think that it's just like, a, when I was younger, there was, you know, we water trapped and we never thought about catching coyotes. And then when I was 17 I started trapping dry land and started with just dirt hole sets for and mostly we were catching coons and possums and skunks and stuff like that. And then you catch one coyote and your brain explodes.
0: Yeah, then that's all you want to do.
1: Yeah. And uh up here we're fortunate enough we can catch I believe it's four bobcats in okay. northern Minnesota. So, next year, but our season is relatively short. I think it's like two months or something like that, which you know you think two months to catch four bobcats should be pretty easy, but they move uh, around so much yeah, and you that get
0: early snow it makes it tough
1: right, and um so uh, it's dry land trapping you know, obviously there's a lot of people that would rather dry land trap because you're not getting wet. You're not dealing with water and freezing and stuff like that. But dry land, you are dealing with all of that stuff. Oh, you yeah. know, you're dealing with, if it rains, you got to go out there and Renate play in and the mud.
0: Sets and, yeah, it's right.
1: Nice. And up here, I mean, I don't know how your guys' soil is but we have a lot of clay so if we get water that water is going to sit and it's yeah. not going to dissipate it's going to sit there
0: yeah we have a variety we have a lot of rocks we have we have tons oh of yeah. rocks. but like we have well-drained soil which is usually our farm ground it's not clay it's a loam which is nice but as soon as you get in the woods stuff that they never bothered farming because it was poorly drained it's more of a clay it's like rocks with clay and and if any little bit of rain just stays right there in the trap bed, it doesn't drain at all. Right, uh, it's a nightmare. Um,
1: when you, when yeah, it's it's a pain. Like I mean, this this upcoming year, I uh, I'm gonna run a we're we're gonna call it the hundred mile line. Ooh, and right. um, so I'm gonna take a couple You're weeks gonna be to. Uh, I will actually be out on internship for, uh, or apprenticeship for being an electrician. Okay. So my fall semester, so how my program is set up is it's a a semester of schooling, which is what I'm in right now, and then Mm -hmm. a semester of apprenticeship. And then the fall, you know, and it just alternates. Okay. So that's kind of nice. So I'll be on the job Well, I already, my girlfriend is family friends with the person who, that I'm going to apprentice for Good. and him and I talked about it and he said that at the, between, I think he said the middle of October and the end of November, there's not generally not a whole lot of work because it starts to freeze up and you know, st- we do residential. Okay. And, and so there's not a lot of new houses being built, obviously, you know, there's repairs and stuff like that. But he said, he's like, if you want to take a month off to trap, do it. Wow. And I was dumbfounded. (laughs) Dream come uh, true. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, he was basically like, it's a slow time, you know, we're gonna, you're gonna work with me during the summer. You're gonna bust your, uh, if you bust your butt. And I see it. You can take that month off to travel, and so I'm already preparing the hundred mile uh, line. Yeah, and so I'm gonna run from um, from Bemidji to around Crookston, Minnesota, which is northwest of Bemidji. And so Minnesota is kind of set up kind of weird, where Bemidji like. If you go 40 miles south of Bemidji and 40 miles north of Bemidji up to Red Lake, and then all the way across the state, it's pretty like um, coniferous. Like, there's not a lot of farm. I mean, there's some farm fields, but it's not very prevalent. It's, it's just a lot of, of trees. Paul Bunyan. Yeah, it's the birthplace of Paul Bunyan. And we actually have a big, huge statue in uh, in Bemidji of Paul Bunyan and Babe the Blue Ox. Nice. And uh, so we have, you know, all of these, uh, it's, a, it, it's a, a very dense area. Well, if you go northwest of Minnesota, or of Bemidji, it's all fields. Okay. And so your, you know, your beet fields, your uh, peas and winter wheat and uh, corn, and you know some corn and beans, uh, not super heavy on the corn and beans. But um, and then you go south, like any anywhere forty miles or more south of Bemidji, it's all fields. And um, so I'm running my hundred mile line from Bemidji to Kirkston. And so half of it is going to be trapping the very few fields and trapping in the woods for, um, I, I'm going to do primar- primarily predator trapping. Mm-hmm. And obviously if I'm driving to check my traps and I go over a culvert, you that, might as
0: well set it up. Yeah.
1: Right. And that, Oh, that's another, that's another point that I wanted to bring up. Um, for guys that are starting out, if you want to trap coyotes, trap coons at the same time. Trap coons, trap skunk, I mean, trap muskrats if you can. Because coyote trapping is the most money consuming and time consuming thing that you can do. And if you're trapping, so, um,. When I was in high school, I trapped 10 properties for coyotes. And on my way to those properties, the Zumbro River in southeastern Minnesota wound through all of that. So I had to drive across 20 bridges to get to my spots to coyote trap. And for the first half of the season, I was for some reason too dumb to think, huh, I should put some dog proofs underneath that culvert. (laughs) and then my dad was like hey dummy you're not catching very many coyotes why don't you trap coons you're good at it and i was (laughs) like you know what i could supplement even even getting awful prices for our coons i could get
0: much to to buy a gallon of gas
1: right and so and especially then i mean i was driving a pontiac uh montana minivan wow all right there's a trapping vehicle Right, and uh, let let me tell you this. I think that beats uh, my Isuzu Trooper. Oh, I want one of those so bad. <laughs> oh, I drive a I drive a 2003 Chevy Silverado now, and I wish that like I've been looking online. I want yeah. either a Geo Tracker or one of those Troopers because they're awesome.
0: Yeah, I actually have it. I trap out of a Silverado now, but the Trooper was pretty much that was my first Coyote trapping vehicle was the trooper and uh, it was great man all kinds of space in the back to throw uh, everything all your gear and
1: uh, i i liked it but the thing that i love about having a truck is people can ride with you in your vehicle Mm. where if like with my minivan uh nobody wanted if i if we were going to go somewhere (laughs) nobody wanted to ride with me smelled like Fox urine and skunk in my van. Yeah, and uh, it took a couple months after trapping season for it to clear out. You know, and yeah, to clear it out. And um, my biggest thing now is like having a truck. Is you have that big bed of your truck, you need to organize. Yeah, because you can't just throw everything in the back of the pickup and call it good and be efficient. So I have two by fours screwed into the side of my bed that have holes in them for my tools. And, um, I have, I actually have PVC tubes that have a cap on each end. And I put my one ounce bottles for lure in them and then tighten them down. Mm -hmm. And I have them in the toolbox of the back of my truck. And I have um, a big plywood box that I made for animals, like carcasses and stuff. And then I have uh, totes for every single different trap that I'm going to use, which, you know, now I'm pretty efficient, so I use MB-550s. If if I know that there's only going to be foxes around, I'll throw in a few MB-450s. I'll have my Bridger one and a half specials in another dog proofs in another and my three thirties and other like I'll throw, I throw my snares in with my three thirties because I don't snare anything but beavers. Um, but like the more organized that you can be, and this is like a big thing for somebody getting into it. Organization is going to catch you more fur than anything on earth, you could have the best. I mean, you could be the best of the best. I mean, look at all these guys, Clint Locklear. You know, look at the back of his truck in some of his um, in some of his books and in his DVDs, or um, Tom Miranda. You know, these awesome trappers. Look at the back of their truck what is the number the first thing that you notice every single thing has its place yes and that was the biggest thing for me is like if you want to catch numbers and you want to put up fur organize
0: and it feels like it takes more time but it in the long run it it's definitely saving you way more time than it takes to organize stuff
1: Oh, it's ridiculous. Like, and when I'm, de- and, and another thing is I have another tote that, like, say I catch a skunk and it sprays everything and my trap just smell, it just reeks. I have a tote, another tote with a top on it that says used traps on it. Yeah. And I will throw it like, and it, I don't, I believe like we talked about in the beginning, I don't believe that. Scent control is that big of an issue on a remake. But, I mean, think about it. Have you ever um, smelled Dunlap's Hellfire? Yeah. Okay. So you know that piercing skunk smell. Yeah. That he has in there. <laughs> that, in a trap. Like, I mean, if you think about it, my favorite is if I catch a skunk, I'm going to remake a set right on the outside. And I'm going to put, like, the smallest little bit of bait, but I'm going to pile sheep wool into my dirt hole. Because the smell of that skunk that you just caught is going to pull in every single predator within five miles of that sack. But he's going to get up to it, and he's going to be like, there's no animal here. What is going on? Where if he sees that sheep wool, He's going to be like, there it is. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> and he's going to come right up to it, investigate it. And I can I can almost guarantee, if you catch a skunk and put a trap on the outside of your trap bed, or on the outside of your catch circle, and you put just a little, I mean, like, we're talking uh, a tablespoon of bait. And... Um, just put i mean take literally take a handful of sheep wool out of the bag and shove it in there so that there's just a little bit like a little bubble of sheep wool hanging out of the top of that dirt hole and i guarantee you'll catch a coyote or a fox out of that
0: yeah that's good that's good advice um what about okay so these these i want to get back to beaver trapping um first of all how many people call you crazy for trapping beaver with these low prices? Cuz you're putting every single, of, you're putting a lot of effort into it.
1: Right, every single person that I talk to about <laughs> it. My dad thinks that I'm insane. <laughs> he and my dad is not a trapper. He me and him bow hunt together. We bow hunt for deer together and I've put him on a couple turkeys in my life, but um he doesn't know anything about trapping but of course since i am trapping as much as i am and when i go home so i live six and a half hours away okay. from my house from my hometown um when i go home i everybody says you look like you haven't slept in months <laughs> i have the darkest circles under my eyes i mean i look like i've been punched in the face and I, my, I mean, I am a tired looking dude and I don't feel tired. You probably get a permanent smile on your face too. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as long as I'm, I mean, every single day my girlfriend gets so annoyed with me. I'll sit in our living room and I'll get, you know, if I pick up a dozen new traps, I'll sit there and I'll fiddle around with them and make sure everything is good. Or I'm testing pan tension at three o'clock in the morning and (laughs) she gets so mad. But uh, my dad keeps up with the fur prices Yeah, because, you know, he wants to make sure that I'm not getting robbed or anything for it, which I've been doing this long enough. I know, you know, I know, I know when there's good prices and I know when I'm going to go in and be disappointed in my sales. And um, so he keeps up with it pretty well. And he tells me, all the time. Talk to him like once a week on the phone and he'll be like, When are you gonna sell? When are you gonna sell? <laughs> and now with the coronavirus stuff Yeah he's like he's like, Don't sell, don't sell, don't sell <laughs> really? And I'm like, Dad, come on, I know what's going on. I mean and it's just it's the ups and downs of trapping. The the fur prices will come back.
0: Yeah, there's not much that's gonna bring him lower than where
1: they're at right now for most species like beaver right yeah beavers are oh my goodness
0: the other thing that i get from people though is is not only you're crazy for trapping beaver but why would you trap them under the ice you can get them in the spring so much easier
1: see and for me like when i think of the original beaver trappers you know the guys that used to do it for a living yeah um what did they do they did everything necessary to catch as many as they could
0: and so most of them only didn't have much for open water seasons anyway they had to trap them and at least here they had to trap them pretty much in february february
1: january yep same with us uh for years minnesota had uh their beaver season was only open from january to i think may Where it was a primarily spring trapping season, and um, so in my like for me, if I can keep, I think that just from us talking for however I don't know how long we've been talking, but um, you can tell, yeah, you you (laughs) you can tell you can tell that I'm like I'm a pretty energetic guy, yeah, and I like to. I'm, I'm always moving, and if I'm not always, I'm like a, sh- I, I'm, my girlfriend says I'm kind of like a shark. If I'm not moving, if I'm sitting on the couch, I go crazy, and um, I just can't, I can't stand stopping, mm-hmm. and maybe it's the sleep deprivation, <laughs> maybe it's the lure of catching some, trapping some animals or yeah. shooting some coyotes or whatever but there's always something and so if i can extend my trapping through until that easy spring trapping starts yeah i'm I, gonna do i agree
0: it. with you i i could not think of the the prospect of going through the whole month of march without setting a trap it seems, there's no way so so the that's the beauty of this beaver season is is it's an opportunity to do that. Yeah, it's extra work, but there's nobody else out there.
1: Right. Um, And it's, I mean, really, once you get the efficiency part down on under ice beaver trapping, it's not that much extra work.
0: What do you have, uh, have you learned some uh, ideas on on
1: cutting down on the labor? Do you have any tricks or tips to share? So my biggest thing is buy a pair of snowshoes. But like that or cross country skis. Um, I haven't used cross country skis. I met an old timer a couple weeks ago that uses them, and but like get a sled, like a good jet sled, and just use five gallon pails and organize. <clears throat> Organization is key. The so what I do is um, so. Oh, okay. So here's here's a good tip. For your if you're snaring under the ice, put, buy a bag uh, or buy a box of super cheap sandwich plastic bags. Mm-hmm. Get your snares ready. And I mark, uh, like when I get a new dozen snares or if I make a, a new dozen snares, um, I will mark eight and a half inches loop mm-hmm. diameter mm-hmm. with a Sharpie. On my wire, Or on my cable. Because the faster that I can get that loop set up, the faster I can get that in. So I'll put a ring around the cable where I want that to be. And then I will... Um, I'll bag them. I just coil them up, put them in a plastic bag, and I have a backpack that's full of snares. And then I'll cut... So my... The repetition is key with anything that's trapping related. So obviously you're going to have to do something new, you know, every once in a while. But if you can stick with the same thing, you're going to get results. As long as you're not like doing something, you know, like if you're coyote trapping, do not leave your trap exposed. <laughs> right. You know, that that's a death wish. But um, so what I do is I bag all of them. And then I take nine gauge wire and I will cut a one foot section and I have a five gallon pail that probably has 500 one foot sections of nine gauge wire. Because if you like with those for my supports, I want every, I want every single set to be the same. Like once you figure out what works for you, yeah, keep doing it. Do it over and over and over because I could set up like I could set up a snare pole and under the ice snare pole with my eyes closed. Yeah, and once you get the repetition down, everything is so easy. <laughs> so, uh, to me, the biggest, the
0: most labor-intensive uh, part of the whole deal is cutting your hole. Uh, I think, uh, one part of it is as you get more experience, it's, which I'm still learning myself, you get, uh, to be a guy like Rally Hess or someone that's done it for so long and you can right. just kind of look at the setup and you know where the run is going to be and you know where you need to start your hole. Um, I'm a little different in that. I usually have to cut a few holes before I figure out exactly where I'm going to put my snares. Um, but, uh, just ideas on like. Like I can tell you how I do it and then hear how you do it. Like, uh, yeah, I, I've started using an ice auger a lot more, uh, just a, like a gas powered ice auger yeah. uh, to, to scout where I'm going to set my holes. And then I usually have a chainsaw and I'll cut, um, actually from rally, I, I had, uh, got this idea of cutting more of a triangle shape, um, to get my holes open and then have a chisel there as well to uh to chop out the pieces if you you know if you got like two feet of ice you're not going to get through with a say a 20 inch bar on your chainsaw so you got a little of bit of chopping to do but um just those little things of of uh of trying to trying to get a good gauge on where to set the hole where you're going to put the hole and then having a quick way to get test holes in uh before you spend 20 minutes on getting a big hole open um, and then finally, the quickest way to get a, get a big hole open to set your snares.
1: So my, my biggest thing that I do is I carry two tools with me. I carry a chainsaw and I carry a chisel. And I carry a chisel that is so ungodly heavy that no person on earth should use a chisel like that. Heavier than the Jiffy Mille Lacs? I had one of those, and yes, it is heavy, but it is not as heavy as the one that I I have. Somebody made me one, and I don't even remember who made it, but good Lord, is it heavy? I'm pretty sure that it has to be filled with, like, tungsten or something. (laughs) And it's worth carrying around. Yeah, so what I do is to eliminate that having to drill test holes is I will... I'll walk up to that lodge and I, I don't trap, uh, I, I, I will always trap within 10 feet of a lodge. Okay. Yep. Because if you miss the mark by a couple feet, you're still fine because so the beavers don't, are. don't
0: have uh, regulations uh, that set where you, how far
1: you can trap from a lodge then?
0: Correct. Does Wis- Wisconsin might still have that where they have to be like 15 feet away?
1: Yeah, Wisconsin's rules are ridiculous. And we have They're, we
0: have to be 10 feet away in certain parts of the state, but where I'm at, we have no restrictions on distance from the lodge.
1: Gotcha. So, yeah, we don't have any restrictions on distance. Uh, we just can't, like, you can't destroy. Uh, actually, I think the rule book has it as molest, yeah. the Beaver Lodge. Um, um, so... What I do is that heavy, heavy chisel is ideal, and I will walk around, and I will, every six inches, I will thump the ice with that chisel. Okay. Yeah. And after a while, you get to, I mean, I can tell the difference between a spot that has 12 inches of ice and a spot that has eight inches of ice.
0: And you think the heavy
1: chisel is what helps you determine that? Yep. Yeah, because it it echoes a little more under that ice, so I can hear. Yeah, so I can hear the hollow spots, and even if so, like if I'm if I'm hitting the ice and I hear a minute change, where it's like you know you hear that boom, Mm -hmm. boom, and then you hit a spot where it just goes, like just clicks. You're like, okay, that's a that that spot is. A, a very the thin spot are of ice. using
0: that area more so the ice hasn't frozen as thick
1: correct yeah. so um, then then I'll go in and I have I still have not found a time I use an 18 inch bar on my chainsaw I have not found a time that um, I have had to cut through more than 18 inches. Oh, I haven't found a time where I've had to cut more than nine inches of ice. Oh, really? If I'm if wow. I'm on a good run. Yeah, I get a lot. And, I, I have to cut
0: a lot through a lot of ice.
1: Oh, yeah. It, it, but I think that that's also, you know, like you said, you guys have a lot of lodges that get abandoned. And I think that I beavers are weird.
0: It's like, so situation dependent. Um, it right. It could be number of beavers in the lodge. It could be how deep the water is. You know, if they're right. traveling four feet down on the bottom, four feet below the surface, they're not going to rile up the surface water as much. Right. I have had a sh- I had a lot. La- two years ago, I trapped a shallow lodge. We actually caught 10 beavers out of it. And it was the massive, massive lodge. And there was only about a f- two feet of water. Um, coming out of the lodge and that run was wide open in the very dead dead of winter that oh yeah, you know, everything else was two feet plus of ice and that was wide open. so yep. I, I definitely run into that, but it doesn't seem like it seems like I end up cutting through about 20 inches of ice more than I'd like
1: to. oof oh I couldn't even imagine. Um, but another thing that you can do uh, this is a good pre, pre like before the ice comes scouting. Yeah. Is, that, yeah.
0: Absolutely, and that's hard to do. Um, right. Like you know, that like your coyote season is going on, and you've got all all kinds of other things going with trapping other species, and it's hard to uh, force yourself to go out and find those lodges and mark the runs.
1: Right. And so my biggest thing is what I do is um, on so actually on on Google Maps, I'll find a lodge and i'll drive out to it right when the ponds start to freeze up okay what when there's only an inch or two of ice and you're going to be able to see those runs yes absolutely you're like there will be even if you have two beavers that are living in a lodge that aren't very active you're going to find a sliver of open water coming out of that where there's no ice and then what I do is I'll screenshot that lodge, and on my phone, and I'll go into Snapchat, and <laughs> I and I will I, I will draw with the drawing tool on Snapchat, and I will draw where the runs are. Genius. Genius. And and then <laughs> um, a lot like I have a big I have a big map. Now of... I've never
0: used Snapchat, but I I've heard that the the picture goes away.
1: Um, so with that, I don't actually send the picture to anybody. I just put it in there so that I can edit it. And okay. then, and then I save then the picture saved with the okay. edits and which I'm sure there's a hundred other apps that you could do that with. But yeah. you know, um, that's a
0: great idea though, but
1: and if you can get
0: your geo referenced,
1: yep. Yep. So, uh, my iPhone will pick up, um, you know, wherever I took the picture, and then, because um, uh, my biggest thing is, if I find an active lodge, and I know that there's beavers in there, and I know, like, if I see sign that there are beavers there, I want that to be burned into my memory as soon as I see it. Yeah, absolutely. So, when I am sitting there on the road next to the lodge, or whatever, I'm going to screenshot, or I'm, I'm going to take a picture of it, first of all with my phone and then i'm gonna go in on maps while i'm still sitting there and screenshot it and draw on it and then i'll go to my next place <laughs> yeah and it's just like it's time. like scouting sucks it takes a lot of time yeah a lot of times a- you
0: don't feel like you're getting ahead you know it's like right not, i'm not running traps i'm not setting traps um I'm just wasting gas money right now and I'm wasting time. But uh, right. when you do find that big lodge or you find that sign, it, it does pay off.
1: Right. And so I'm, I'm a big, I like to waterfall hunt. Um, I'm a big goose hunter. And because
0: yeah, you're out there a lot.
1: Huh? Right. And I'm scouting all the time. Like in the fall, it, when I'm running traps, I'm scouting for geese. Um, and last year I didn't hunt geese very much because I was trapping and um, there were many many times where I would drive by a slough or a creek and it would have some ducks in it and or there would be some geese sitting on it and then I would be looking at the geese and I would notice a lodge and I'd be like okay there's a beaver lodge back there mark that in my brain where I'm at and come back in the winter trapping through the ice <laughs> because it's it's a lot of work like yeah. all, all of the anything in trapping if you want to catch numbers you want to put up fur, you want to do more than just catch 15 raccoons in a season you got to scout and you gotta know what you're looking for, and I think that that's the most confusing part for a lot of people, is knowing what you're looking for.
0: Mm-hmm. Hey guys, hope you enjoyed that uh, chat, that sit down with Nathan. Uh, it's always great to talk trapping. So uh, we got one more of those coming up uh, in a future episode, and uh, and lots more to come. So stay tuned. Um, this week's special from cots brothers lures thanks to cots bros again for sponsoring the podcast big supporters and uh great guys uh awesome people to do business with uh if you have not ordered from them you're missing out and i I know you will you will not regret it so uh they have a in addition to just having really good all around everyday prices they have a special system where you can earn points it's kind of like cabela's always had that point system where uh you Every item you purchase for for every dollar you spend uh, at Cotsbros.com, you earn points that uh, you can use toward future purchases. And uh, Kyle has put together a few deals here, and this week's deal is allowing you to earn triple points for purchasing uh, Kellen's Coyote Black Box Kits. Um, This expires June 1st, so you have a week. Uh, from the time I put this show up. Uh, so you get at quick. But you're going to get triple points. So instead of whatever the points. I think the points are somewhere around 5% off. So this this would equate to about 15% off. Which is a great deal. Now let's talk real quick about the black uh, box. Uh, Kellen's coyote kit. He has two of them. There's the regular black coyote kit. And then there's the mini kit. And uh, this is uh, lures, lure bait urine. It's stuff that uh, Kellen uses on the trap line to, to, trap for coyotes. So, uh, it just a quick overview. These highly effective, highly versatile attractants are all you need to put more fur on the stretchers. As outlined in Kellen's book, the black book of coyote trapping, these are the attractants that Kellen personally uses on the coyote line. Um, so here's what you're getting. Um, wicked. This is a mink gland based lure. Uh, You get Dog, a combination of red fox glands, several key enhancers, uh, and some skunk essence. Evaness, you get 1-800 long distance call. Uh, Karak, coyote urine, red fox urine, red label bait. This is a powerful aged muskrat meat-based bait with a healthy shot of skunk essence and a few enhancing ingredients. You get Kellen's Gold Label. This um, provides the modern trapper with the ground, slightly aged, preserved fox meat bait uh, with a couple extra enhancer ingredients. Um, so you get all of that stuff in, in this kit. And there's there's a huge write-up that Kellen has on on how to use this stuff and what's included in it and all that. So there's two kits. Um you have the, the regular kit and then the mini kit. The regular kit is designed for a trapper working 40 to 80 sets. It includes 32 ounces of red fox urine, 32 ounces of coyote urine, 16 ounces of gold label, 16 uh, of red label, 4 ounces each of the 1 800, uh, the Kerak, the Toxidog, Dog, Evanescence, and Wicked. This is a, a retail price of about 130 bucks if you were to buy this all separate it's $97 um, to buy the kit and you're going to get triple points off um, so you're getting essentially uh, another I don't know 14 dollars off of the 97 so that is an incredible deal um, so what a great opportunity to get stocked up uh, for next trapping season by picking up one of those kits now if you don't need the full kit he has a mini kit and this is uh, ideal for predator trapper checking one to two dozen sets before work or school uh... It includes sixteen ounces of red fox urine sixteen ounces of coyote urine eight ounces each of the gold label and red label baits and then one ounce each of the one eight hundred karat toxi dog evanescence and wicked this is a retail of fifty one dollars and fifty five cents and the kit is forty-four dollars, and you get triple points off on that as well. So check that out at cotsbros.com and uh, just search for black. Just just put black box in the in the search bar, or uh, go into attractors um, and and baits and lures. You'll find that real quick. Um, sign up for an account if you don't have one already. It's really quick and simple, and you'll get bone. You'll earn points on every purchase you make, and you get the triple points on this. The code is black box. B-L-A-C-K-B-O-X. Sorry if I didn't mention that earlier. Uh, All caps, black box, B-L-A-C-K-B-O-X. When you check out, that is the code to earn triple points on Kellen's Coyote Black Box kits. All right, guys. Thanks again for tuning in, and we will catch you on the next episode. Keep on talking trapping. Keep on thinking trapping. Let's get ready for trapping season. Before you know it, it'll be here.